This week's parsha is Parshas Emmer. The first pasuk in Parshas Emmer, Vayemer Hashem el Meshe, Hashem says to Meshe Rabbeinu, Emmer l'akayanim b'nei Aaron, go and tell the kayanim, the b'nei Aaron, the amaritalayim, and tell them, l'nefesh l'yitama ba'amov, that to a nefesh you should not be metame, meaning he was telling him the laws of a kayan that he's not allowed to defile himself, he's not allowed to be metame himself. And the Mepharshim point out this double lashon of emar v'amarta. Hashem says to Moshe, tell the kayanim, and then v'amarta alayim, and tell them. That's a redundancy. Why is there this double lashon of emar and v'amarta? And Rashi on the spot, emar v'amarta lahazir g'daylem alaktanim. It's coming to teach us a lesson Emar v'amarta is that the gedalim, the adult kaihanim, should be supervising and warning the the minor kaihanim, the young kaihanim, that they also should be nizar. They should also be careful about the laws of kahuna. Ramesha Feinstein has a question on this: that where do you see anything about ketanim in the pasuk? L'chaira emar, speak to the kaihanim, v'yamarta lehem, and speak to them. It's both going on the adult kaihanim. I don't see any allusion, says Rav Meishem, this pasuk, to children. Where is the children here? V'yamarta lehem, they're not speaking to the children. They're, Meishem is still speaking to the adults. And with this, Rav Meishem gives a, uh, a very, very fundamental lesson in Chinuch, and although I know that uh, most of you, if not Kimat, all of you are not, uh, are not parents yet and you're not in Chinuch in any which way, but someday you will be. And so these are important lessons to bookmark in your minds and, uh, and someday in Hashem you'll remember them and you will use them well. What is Chinuch? How do you define chinuch? If somebody were to ask you, when you have a child and you're supposed to educate them, what is your goal? How do you do that? What's the process by which you raise a, a child that's a shemitah or mitzvah, that's, that's passionate about Yiddishkeit and that's into it and that wants to himself do it, not just through coercion, but rather because they're genuinely excited about doing it? How would you as a parent or even as a Rebbe, how would you be able to stimulate that child and to be mechanich him well? So most people, I think, would say, well, you just have to keep on instructing him and telling him or her, you got to wash Nagel Vassar, did you daven yet? Did you, why are you not wearing a yarmulke? Uh, you know, are you ready for Shabbos? Uh, uh, did, you, uh, did you do your homework? Did you, did you do your chumash? Did you do your laning? All these things, that's how you, you, you train a child, by just barking orders, instructing them to do things, and hopefully eventually it'll stick. And Ramesha sort of shatters that chinuch illusion, and he says, no, 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 that's not the way, that's the worst way to be mechanech a child. The best way, and probably the only way, is you're mechanech a child through personal example. If you yourself are a are, are doing your things right, if you're davening passionately, if you're learning with Asmada, and your child sees that, and they don't see hypocrisy, they don't see that you're just telling them to daven, but you're really schmoozing with the guy next to you in shul, 
or you're telling them to learn, but you yourself are not really learning, or you're telling them to uh, wake up for davening, and you might not be always waking up with such threes yourself. So then all of the schmoozing and all of the, the, the instruction and all of the musr is really, uh, it's really worthless. Because children are very, very observant. Children, they stare and they look and they take in all of the messages from their parents, whether spoken or unspoken. And children are very smart. You can't really pull the wool over a child's eyes. They are listening. And they want to see if you're happy about what you're doing. If you're passionate with your Yiddishkeit, then by osmosis, it will go into their blood and they will also be passionate about their Yiddishkeit. But if you're not enthusiastic and you're not excited and you're not doing things with a, with a real gishmak, and they could tell, then don't expect them to somehow be firmer than you. They're not going to be firmer than you. If you're, if you're over here, they're not going to be over here. Now, that doesn't mean to say that later in life, uh, you know, they might find a Rebbe or two that's able to inspire them and, and light, light their fire. But you can't be saimich on that. In terms of your own obligation of chinuch, chinuch does not mean telling your child what to do, says Ramesha. Chinuch means doing things right yourself and memela, the spillover, the overflow, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the example that you're setting for them, that is the ultimate chinuch. Ramesha in that piece in the Darush Meisha says in one of many places the famous, uh, the famous sociological uh, theory that he had about why there was such a massive, massive decline in Yiddishkeit in America. Uh, you find millions and, pe- millions and millions of people went off the Darush at some point in America. The first wave of immigrants to this country, whether it was in the early to mid-1900s, they were generally from Russia or they're from Eastern Europe. And if you see pictures, they came over to Ellis Island. They had their beards and they, had, they were, they were uh, for the most part, many of them uh, were Shemir Terah Mitzvahs. Not all of them, but many of them were Shemir Terah Mitzvahs. And, uh, and they're Meisir Nefesh. We know many, many stories how they would lose their jobs on Friday as soon as they told their boss that they had to keep Shabbos and then they'd have to find a new job on Sunday and or Monday, and, uh, and this would go on and on. Tremendous mysterious nefesh they had, but for some reason, the next generation just evaporated. You go to college campuses all over America, and you'll find that what Dr. Landau of Islam used to call the, the uh, crematorium of America, which he said were the universities, that you see literally there are millions and millions of people with names like Cohn and Levy and Goldberg, and they have no shaykhs, they don't know an Aleph from a Bez, they don't know Shabbos, they don't know Tyra, they don't know Mezuzah, they, they know nothing. How did that happen? At what point did all of a sudden we have millions of people that were not Shemir Tyra Mitzvah, that were so disillusioned from Yiddishkeit that they just peeled away and they, they left the fold and, and, and now, Dairis later, there is, you know, many more millions of people that are not Jewish, that, that are not Orthodox or, or observant Jews. How did that happen? Their parents were. And Ramesha said, and this is Dastair, it's not like some you know, sociologist from, uh, from a college that's giving their theory. This is Ramesha Feinstein speaking. He says that the first generation were Meisr Nefesh, but they gave over their Yiddishkeit with a krecht. They gave over everything that they were teaching their child, whether it was by, by speech or by example. They were basically conveying the aside as his shver, to Zayn Ayid. It's difficult to be Jewish. 
They didn't say this is Geschmack. Yiddishkeit is amazing. They weren't singing it's Geschmack to be a Yid. They weren't singing uh, any songs of habit. They were. They basically came to the Shabbos table and they basically said, "We're meiser nefesh for Yiddishkeit. We're being meiser nefesh for Shabbos." It's hard to keep Shabbos. I don't really. It's not easy to keep Shabbos. That was the message that kept on ringing in their children's ears. And when a child hears a parent constantly saying the same refrain that it's shvertzayinayid, that it's difficult, it's almost impossible, it's superhuman to be Jewish. What do you think a child is going to do? You think he's going to say, "Wow, this is amazing! I, you know, give me more. I, I love this. I love the message. It's so positive." They're going to say, I don't want to do this. Maybe my parents have to do it. They were born in, that, in the old world, and they have to do it traditionally. You know, But I'm in America now. I'm in the land of Coca-Cola, driving movies. Like, I don't need this. I don't need this. So they booked. They voted with their feet, and they just left. Not just a few of them, but millions of people left because of this attitude, this, this, the, the worst chinuch possible. They might have taught their children Aleph Beis, they might have taught them Chumash, and, and by the Shabbos table maybe said fancy Tyra, but the underlying message of their Chinuch was that it's not enjoyable, it's, it's, it's difficult, it's a real, it's a pain. And when a child hears a son, they see their parents suffering, they're, they're not staying for that, they don't want that. Not important. It's not. It's not what they want to do. They want to. As it is, it's always difficult to fight the temptations of the street. But if if you're not giving them any positive payoff from it, then they're out. They don't want that. Cesar of Meisha. That's the pshat I believe in this pasuk. Emar v'amarta. You're right. Both Emar and v'amarta is addressing the adults. You know why you need two amiras, Cesar of Meisha. The first amira is tell them the laws of Kahuna. The amartalim, but tell them something more than that. Tell them that when they are practicing their laws of kuna, tell them that they should be doing it excitedly. Tell them that they should be doing it with a full vigor, with a geshmak. That's how Ramesha, that's how Rashi understood lahazir gedayel malaktanim. The way that you want to train children is not by telling them you better keep the laws of kuna or else. You show yourself how happy you are being a Kayin, how proud you are to be a Kayin, how it's the biggest chus to be a Kayin, and look at how holy we are, and we're endowed with so many extra laws that no one else has. Or So if you do that, the kids are going to die to be Kayhanim. But if you make it out like, oh my gosh, I'm a Kayin, that means I can't go to a cemetery, and I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't go to funerals, I have to stand outside in the freezing cold. If that's what they're hearing, they're not going to want to do it. It's just as plain and simple as that. They're not going to want to do it. So chinuch is not what you're saying to your child and what you're instructing, what you're putting on a blackboard for your child or a whiteboard, but it's rather, or a smartboard, but it's rather what a parent is doing himself or herself and thereby the child who, are, who looks to the parents for, for, for guidance, for modeling, that is, uh, that's going to be like irresistible for a child to want to be a, a from a yid because they see the geschmack that the parents themselves have in doing it. You know, we, we see, those of us that have children understand that how true this martyr of Meshach is because 
children are always looking to their parents. No matter, they might be, you know, very smart, they might be very uh, independent, but they're always, they're always looking at you and they're always observing and they're, they're absorbing everything that's, uh, that's, being, that's happening in their home. I'll just tell you a cute story that uh, um, one of my daughters, when she was uh, a young girl, when she was a little girl, she came home from school and she was very upset. Some, one, somebody in her class said that she was stupid. You know, so what do you say to that? Like, how do you... And she's like, she, she was beside herself. She was so upset that somebody called her stupid. So, you know, my wife called a friend of hers who, was, who already had experience with raising children, and she said, very simple, when a child comes home and says something like that, what you should do is just say, is it true? And she's, of course, going to say, no, I'm not stupid. She says, so who cares? What do you care? It's not true anyway. So that's what we did. Every time she'd come home and say that somebody called her stupid, is it true? No. Okay, so Baruch Hashem, who cares? It doesn't, it's, irre- it's irrelevant. So, all right. One day I was putting her to bed in her crib, and, uh, and so she must have been a really little girl, but I don't know which school I sent her. But anyway, uh, she, I put her in her crib, and she did not want to stay in that crib. She was crying, crying. She was screaming. She wanted to get out of the crib. So anyway, I shut the light. They told me I shouldn't have Rahman. to shut the light and go out of the room, and she'll cry. Eventually, she'll never happen, by the way. But um, anyway, as I was shutting the light and closing the door, I heard her voice say, Tati, you're so stupid. So I turn around aghast. I was like, nobody calls me stupid. <laughs> so, you know, and I was like, what did you say to me? And then she says to me, is it true? <laughs> so, you know, and I was just, then I started laughing. But, um, but children, they absorb everything. Like whatever you're saying to them, whatever you're going through, you know, whatever you're, they, they, they know, they, they watch you. And don't think that they miss when you're talking during davening to somebody or when you're not really paying attention to Kriya Satyra or when you're, not, uh, when you're on your phone a lot or whatever. They know. They, they see it clear as day. They're, they're taking notes. And, uh, and you have to be very careful what you do in the presence of children because whatever you are doing, even if it's your you know, downtime, they don't understand that. They don't say it's down. They see this is, this is something that's acceptable behavior. And, they, and for them, that's their l'chatzchila. You might think, well, it's b'dyeva because I'm not feeling well today, or I'm not in a good mood, or I'm a little tired, or I had a, a hard day at work. But for them, they see it, this is their, this is their shulchan aruch. And so you have to always, if you want to really be mechanech your children properly, you have to always try to be you know, as, as perfect as you could be, but not just perfect in terms of doing the right thing, but perfect in terms of your attitude. And, and always being upbeat and, and happy, especially when it comes to keeping the Torah and the mitzvahs. Yeah, there's so many different stories about this. We'll just say a few and a few other. It's basically this whole shmuz is that this is the theme of the shmuz. Now we're just going like, to just add a few, uh, a few extra maramakaimis, but that's basically the takeaway of today. That a person's chinuch is not by what he's saying, but rather it's by what he's doing. The Chavetz Chaim once had a, a person who came to him and said, Rebbe, I'm very upset. I have a child. He's not learning. He's not, uh, you know, he comes home. He's not excited to learn. He, I don't know what to do. What's going to be with him? He's not paying attention to his Rebbe. And so the Chavetz Chaim said, let me ask you a question. He says, are you learning? Are you learning? Do you have a Seder at night? Do you, do you learn? 
says, no, Rebbe, I'm, I'm, I'm very busy, I'm a businessman, I have no time, I have no, you know, I'm so exhausted, I can't. So he says, so what are you worried about? He says, your child will grow up one day and he'll have a child and he will go, the, your son himself will go to his Rebbe and complain to his son, to, to the Rebbe that, you know, his son's not learning. Meaning whatever you do, whatever you're doing, that's what your child's going to do. If you're learning, your child's going to want to learn. If you're just complaining about your child not learning, then your child himself will complain about his child not learning. But don't expect miracles. It's not, Chinuch isn't like, I'm going to scream at my child, he's going to end up being a Gadladar. No, if you're trying to be a Gadladar, then your child might be a Gadladar. But if, if you're completely not doing what you're saying that you want him to do, then he's not going to do it either. And, and it's not fair to expect that of him for that. For that. There's a beautiful vart from Rabbi Cheskel Sarno, who is the Rashiva of Hebron. And he says an amazing vart. He says that if you look in, in the Gemara in Bava Metziah Pei, Bava Mebez, it says that whatever Avraham Avinu did with the angels, those three angels that visited him, he did tremendous chesed with them. Whatever Avraham Avinu did himself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Midah paid back that chesed, that Achmasas Archem, to Klai Yisrael in the Midbar. And whatever Avraham Avinu did through a shliach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did through a shliach. So, and the Gemara goes through like the things that Avraham Avinu did by himself, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu did that by himself also. He, he provided for them food, the man in the Midbar, and he provided for them shelter, etc. That he did by himself. There was one thing that Avraham Avinu did not do himself, and that was that he said, Yukach namat mayim, get some water. He commanded Yishmael to get water for the guests. So, Water Hashem didn't provide by himself. He told Meshur Abenu to hit the rock or to, you know, to speak to the rock and Meshur Abenu hit the rock. But that was, and, that, and that caused obviously a lot of tsaras for Klai Yisrael because of that, because Meshur Abenu um, did not uh, listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he, who made him a shliach to bring water to Klai Yisrael. So Meshur Abenu wasn't zeichet again in Teretz Yisrael, etc. And Klai Yisrael weren't zeichet to the, to the Geula. But that's what the Gemara says. So the fact of Reb Chatzko's sign, I don't understand. If you look in Rashi, where it says, Yukach namat mayim, so Rashi says that he commanded, Eli, he commanded Yishmael to do this. Why? Why did he command Yishmael to do this? L'chanchai b'mitzvahs. L'chanchai b'mitzvahs. In order to be mechanechim to do mitzvahs. He wanted to mechanech Yishmael to do the mitzvah of Achlas It's a beautiful thing. So why is why why were we punished for that? Ah, Hakadosh Baruch in the midbar. I'm not gonna do it myself. I'm not gonna do the water myself. I'm gonna do the water through Meishra Abenu. Why Meishra Abenu? Avinu didn't do that as a bad thing. He didn't. He wasn't lazy. He didn't like say you know what deliberately I'm not gonna do this on my own. I'm gonna have. He did it because he had a kavani. He wanted Yishmal to to be mechunach in the midst of That's a beautiful thing. Why did why should we suffer for that? And Reb Chatzkel says a beautiful, he said, same you said. He says, because chinuch does not mean that you're delegating uh, things to do to your children. Chinuch does not mean, you know what, I'm not going to bake the matzahs this year. I'm going to ask my child to go and bake the matzahs. I'm not going to go and buy lulav and I'm going to have my child go and buy lulav. I'm not going to, I'll have my child do these things. for. That's not chinuch. Chinuch does not mean I'm going to have my child do it himself. It means I'm going to do it with such a passion, with such a geschmack, that my child is automatically going to be 
to be drawn to it. That's real chinuch. The fact that Avraham Avinu missed that point, Kaviachal, the fact that he didn't do it himself and do it in a way that would show by example Yishmael had to do the mitzvah, that's, what, that's the taina that was against Avraham Avinu, and that's why later on in the Midbar, Kedush Baruch Hu also recognized that deficiency, as it were, that Avraham Avinu had, and he did not give the water personally, but rather he did it through a shliach himself. There's another vart, same idea from Rav Shimon Schwab. Rav Schwab says on the, uh, on the parsha in, um, in Nach, Shaftim Parag Yud Gimel, the story about, about Shimshon Agibar, the famous uh, Nazir, who was the Shaifet of Klal Yisrael, and he, uh, you know, he fought against the Plishtim, a very, very powerful man. And his, but his parents, before he was born, were akarim, they were not able to have children. And uh, the father, Manayach, and the mother, Eshes Manayach, they were many years without children. Finally, a malach comes to the wife of Manayach and says that you're going to conceive a child now, but one thing about the child we have to tell you is that the child is going to be a nazir, mirechem, from the time already that it's conceived, it already is going to be, and it's going to be a nazir the whole life. His whole life, there's going to be nazira shimshon, a lifetime of naziras, never cutting this child's hair, never giving this wine, this, this child wine to drink, and this starts already in utero. You can't drink wine from the time that you conceive this child. And you have to be careful with all the dinam of Tumma and Taro. Everything that is shayach to a nazir, you have to start already now because you're going to have a child in you and it's going to be a nazir from conception. She comes home, she tells Manayach, her husband, this encounter that she had with the Malach. Good news, but, you know, it's uh, one, the good news is that we're going to have a child. The bad news is that we have to be very careful because it's going to be a Nazir. Now, Manayach says, I, I wish I could speak to the Malach. I, I'd like to, I, you know, he davens to Hashem, I want to speak to the Malach myself. <coughs> Finally, the Malach comes back and uh, he speaks to the Malach and uh, the Malach says to Manayach, like sort of a repetition, it seems. Whatever I told your wife, you got to do. Anything that's coming out of the a byproduct of grapes, presumably the child is not supposed to be eating, and whatever I commanded her, you have to be careful, be very, very uh, vigilant about. So if Schwab says, I don't understand what's going on. What's this Haisaf? Like, why did, why did he insist on hearing, on having the Malach come back. What was, he didn't trust his wife. And what was the Malach telling? More Chazara, Vilchas, Nazirus, let him look in a Chumash. The Chumash speaks about what the laws of a Nazira, what's he, what, what, okay, you can't, and the wife knew about what's, what, what's going on here? What's the Havamin? What's the Maskana? So, Rav Schwab says a tremendous Chiddush. He says, that Manayach was very bothered by this news that he was having a child that would be a Nazir. Why was he bothered? Because he knew this Yisait of Ramesha. He knew that Chinuch is not something that you teach. Chinuch is something that's done by example, that a child looks to a parent, and whatever a parent does, that's what a child is going to do. Whatever a parent's not doing, a child will not do. So Manayach said, I'm, I'm confused here. 
how do you do this? Tell me how you do this. I, I need to speak to the mouth because I need an instruction manual. This flies in the face of everything that I know about Chinuch. How am I supposed to raise a child that's a Nazir when I myself am not a Nazir? How do you do that? I'm going to a funeral. Uh, but, but, but Shimshon, you got to stay home. You, you can't go to the funeral. I'm going to the cemetery. you got to stay home. I'm drinking wine. I'm making Kiddush. Uh, Shimshon, you can't have the Kiddush wine. Okay, you, you have some Hamar Medina or something. That's not, it's not for you. We'll give you some, uh, have some uh, orange juice. That's not Chinuch. How in the world, why should Shimshon be a Nazir? Like, what's supposed to inspire him? What's supposed to, who's modeling for him the Zerus? How do you raise a child to be a Nazir when you yourself are not? It's like impossible. And Rav Schwab says, that's what was bothering Menech. That's why Menech wanted the Malach to return. And he says that the diktuk is different than the way we understood it originally. When the Malach comes back and says to Menech, Whatever I tell the woman, you have to not enforce. Tishma, the Pashtun Pshat is that you should enforce. He says the diktuk is really different. It's not that you should enforce, but you yourself should be shimer. You have to keep yourself. You have to be a Nazir, or you have to keep the dinam of Nazir as yourself. You're right. From the moment that the child is conceived to the moment the child is born, you have to suddenly yourself not go to funerals. You have to yourself not cut your hair. You have to yourself not, uh, not, 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 not do all the things that a Nazir is not allowed to do. Because if you want to be mechanechem, it's you have to be shamer these things yourself. Otherwise, the whole thing is not, this experiment is going to fail. In order to raise a child that's a Nazir, the parent has to be a Nazir. And this is true for everything. If you want a child that's a Talmud Chacham, you have to strive yourself to be a Talmud Chacham. Don't think, well, I could be a regular guy, but I'm, I want my son to be a Ramesheth. It doesn't work that way. It has to be, you have to be yourself steiging, and then you, your son will want to steig. He might outsteig you, but he has, to, he has to be inspired through what he sees. If he's not seeing, if he sees you're just doing nothing all day, he's going to want to do nothing all day in terms of learning, in terms of davening. And that's another... Another maramakim for this uh, this important uh, concept in chinuch. I heard once b'shem Rav Shach that it's an interesting thing on seder night. There's a mitzvah of igaratol levincha, and there's also a mitzvah of chayev adam lirei says atzmai kilo yatzim You have to. You have to go through the motions as if you left Egypt. Some pashtas means you have to say it, or, you know, I think Minig of Sardim is to actually go through, like, the role-playing as if, like, uh, we're actually leaving Egypt. They come with, like, sacks on their back, and they walk through the house, and, you know, it's, uh, it's like a, a real show-and-tell. It's a real demonstration of lahare says atzma, like the Ramam says. You have to show, you have to demonstrate kilu as if I'm leaving Egypt. But it's a personal experience. You have to feel and you have to speak as if you yourself left Egypt. Why? How come we don't find this by, by other Yom Taivim? On Shavuos, is there an Indian that we have to, you know, go through Shavuos and pretend or, you know, role play as if we were standing by Mount Taira? You speak about it. You can learn about it. I don't think there's a mitzvah that you're you're standing by Mount Taira or you're in a sukkah and you have to pretend as if you're in a... You, 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 you do the Maisa mitzvah and that's it. Why do you have to pretend? So he says that the mitzvah of Seder night is a mitzvah of chinuch. 
It's the site of Chinuch Vigadatol Bencha. It's really like the epicenter of Chinuch is Seder night. So if you're just saying, okay, Kindalach, our forefathers left Egypt tonight and whatever, the kids are going to be, oh, oh, what time are we eating? Like, it's boring. But if a parent says that I myself went out of Egypt and I'm living it and I'm breathing it, ah, now the child will begin to be inspired. Children don't want to hear lessons from you. They want to see it. They want to show and tell. They want, to, they want to understand that you yourself are living it. When you're living it, they could live it also. If you're not living it, if you're not feeling it, it ain't going to resonate with them. That's just the reality. That's the way education works. That's the way chinuch works. Rabbi Yaakov Yasef Herman, uh, the, the great American terror pioneer, he was the one that really laid a lot of seeds, planted a lot of seeds in America, uh, of Tyra, of Yiddishkeit, in the early 1900s, when there was very, a lot of people were not as nizar as, as should be, and, you know, America could have gone in either direction. He's sort of like a one-man um, captain of a ship that was steering it towards, you know, being nizar and different things, whether it was uh, mixed dancing in shuls, and he would go into shuls and make a macha until they physically threw him out, or uh, whatever it was, a, a lot of different amazing stories. If you look, read the book, All for the Boss, written by his daughter, Rucham Mashain. Um, anyway, but we don't have too much Tyra from him. We have a lot of stories from his daughter in that book. Not too much Tyra, but I saw once, an, and he was a tremendous Amalchacham, and he had... You know, he, the G'dayli Yisrael, when they came to America, they stayed by him and they knew that he was a special person, or Baruch Fer, and Mardechai Epstein. A lot of G'dayli stayed in his house in the Lower East Side. But I found once a vart from him that's, that's amazing. The Gemara in Shabbos in the Sugya of Hanukkah says, Haragel Bener, Havinle Banim Tamidacham. If you are Ragel Bener, if you are accustomed to lighting candles in your house, you will have children who are Tamidi Chachamim. Rashi says, Ner Shabbos Vener Chanukah. You have your every Friday night, you light candles in your house, Chanukah, candles in your house. Havenly Bana, it's like a guarantee, it's like a school, it seems, to have children are Tamidi Chachamim. Just parenthetically, I once asked uh, a Rosh Hashiva of mine, Mardachai Kraus, who was Rosh Hashiva in Arachayim, Zechatzadik uh, Levracha, I asked him about this Gemara. I said, why, 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 what about, why, why my kids? Why not me? Like, I want to be a Tamil Chacham. Like, why is that? If I'm lighting Shabbos candles, lighting Hanukkah candles, my kids will be done. What about me? I'll worry about my kids later. Let me be a Tamil Chacham. Why does the Gemara say that you'll be a Tamil Chacham? So he smiled and he says, a, a great chap, he says, he says, for you to be a Tamil Chacham, there's only one way to do it. You have to sit and learn. No other, there's no shortcuts for you to be a Tamil Chacham. You have to sit and you have to learn. I always say the first of the Memches Kenyane Taira, the 48 ways to wisdom in the back of Pirkei Avis, the end of Pirkei Avis has 48 Kenyanim of Taira. The first Kenyan of Taira is Betalmud. Betalmud. Which means that you have to sit and learn. You have to learn. All the other things, you know, you have to Pilpul Chaverim, Besimcha, whatever all the other things are, you know, Mia Tainug and Mia Shena, you can't sleep so much, you can't have too, much, too many Tainugim. Well, that's all, that's beyond, that's, that's icing on the cake. That's other additional Kinyanim, but the main Kinyan is Batalmud. The first step is you got to sit and learn. Don't think you'll be kind of tired just by osmosis because you're, you know, you're in a yeshiva. That doesn't make you a Tamil Chacham. You have to sit and you have to learn. There's no, there's no shortcuts. 
And that's what Rabbi Kraus was telling me. So like, for your kids to be Tamil Chacham, so now you could work on schoolers so that someday they'll want to learn. But you can't rely on that for you. You have to sit and learn. That's your, that's your school of being a Tamil Chacham. Anyway, but what does this mean? There are so many people that they, they light Shabbos candles and their children are not, are not Tamil Chacham. There are many people in Eretz Yisrael or in America, they just light Shabbos candles because of traditional Jews, they just like, they know Friday, they might watch TV the whole Friday, but they watch, they're watching TV with two Shabbos candles on top of it. Are their kids going to be Tamil Chachamim? Lav Dafka. Our regular Shemit Mitzvahs are all kids Tamil Chachamim, they're all lighting, the parents are all lighting Shabbos candles. So what's the Pshat in the Gemara? If it's a school, it should work universally. It's a promise of the Gemara. So Rabbi Yaakov Yisrael says the following, he says, imagine the scene of a person who as a family, and after the meal is over, they have a beautiful Shabbos meal, and then they bench, sings mirrors, they bench, and the children eventually go to sleep in their rooms, and the father stays by his Shabbos table with his Gemara, and he's learning, and he's steiging, and there's, there's, there's candles in the house, there's, uh, you know, there's lights burning in the house, and he's able by those lights to learn. And he's sitting like this the whole Friday night and it's now 12 o'clock and it's 1 o'clock and he's still shtaigin, he's being Mavisedra, he's learning Gemara, he's doing the daf, whatever he's doing. And a child of his is thirsty. He wakes up and he's thirsty. So he gets up and he, he goes down to the kitchen to get a glass of water. And as he's walking down the stairs, what does he see? He looks into the dining room for a second. He sees his father who works so hard throughout the whole week and he's schwitzing and you know, he's, uh, you know, he's exhausted and he's tired and he's pressured and he's stressed out and he sees that his father, there's no, there's no lights, there's no cameras, there's no audience, there's no fame, there's no fortune. His father is sitting, steigen by the dining room table over his Gemara, learning, singing, enjoying, being into it, having geschmack from it. And the child looks at that can that child help but not be a Tamil Chacham? You can't not be a Tamil Chacham. You see such authenticity in a parent. You see how much he loves it. That's something that I want to do also. You know, how many times do you know a parent that uh, parents are like really ardent uh, Yankee fans? A kid, unless he's a rebellious kid, is going, to wake, is going to grow up. He's also going to be a Yankee fan. He's going to be a Ranger fan. He's going to be a Cowboy fan because that's what my parents are into. I'm going to be into it. If I see my parent is a Tyra fan, if I see that they're a Mitzvah fan, if I, I see they love Shabbos, they love Yantif, they're legit, you're going to want to do that. You're just going to want to do that. If you're a person that's Ruggel Benair, you have candles, not just that you lit your Shabbos candles and you check the box, but you lit the Shabbos candles, your house is full of light, and beauty and aura, and you're learning from that light, you're learning on Shabbos by that light, and a child sees that. A child is not, you're not screaming at the child to sit and learn, you're not giving him muster and teichacha, you're just sitting yourself and doing the right thing. That child is a Tamil Chacham already. He already has all of the seeds that he needs to be a Tamil Chacham. I'll just end with one, with one, one uh, vart of my own. I have a patent on this, so if you ever quote it, it's from me. Okay? It's a trademark vart that I have with, that goes with this shmuz, and it goes something like this. The word chinuch, the word chinuch is spelled, the, the shirish of the word chinuch is ches nun chaf. 
Ches Nun Chaf. If you jumble around those three letters, Ches Nun Chaf, and let's make it Nun Chaf Ches, what does that spell? Neichach. Neichach. What does Neichach mean? Shifchi Kamayim Libech. Neichach Pnei Hashem. Neichach means I'm standing in the presence of Hashem. I'm in the presence of somebody else. I'm standing opposite somebody. I'm, I'm in, the same, in the same room with somebody else. I'm standing in front of somebody else. That's what Neichach means. So what I wanted to say is this vart, but just using this, this, these letters. You know what Chinuch is? Chinuch is not what you're saying. It's Neichach. It's what you're doing in the presence of your children. When you show your children how Gishmak it is to be a Yid, and when you smile and you come home, you kiss the mezuzah and you, and you say, Kindalach, let's uh, wash our hands, let's bench, let's, uh, let's sing Zmiras. And you're doing it yourself. And they know that you enjoy it. They know whether you like it or not, by the way. You, could, you can't really fake it. They could see. They know what you like. They know. They see you when you're doing the things that you really like doing. So they know. They're not fools. They, they get it. If you show them that you're really enjoying learning, davening, lulav and esrig, saying halal, yantif, resh chaydesh, benching, davening, bracha. If, they, if you see, if you show them neichach, you're standing in front of them and you're showing them by example how gishmak it is to be a yid, that is chinuch, that's all it is. Chinuch is nothing about preaching and teaching and that doesn't work. We know that doesn't work. No one, no one likes to be preached to. Nobody likes to be taught lessons. Nobody likes to, to get a sermon. But if you see somebody themselves that are not just talking the talk, but they're walking the walk, neichach, then your child will be nischanich properly. Then it's emr ve'amarta. Then it's going to be rak um, tishomer. Whatever you are, want your child to learn, you yourself have to keep. And if you do that, then having leibanim it's it's undoubtedly you want you really want children that are tamid Very easy formula. Do it yourself. You be ragel biner. You light candles and and use that light to learn and to daven. Say tell him when your child sees that it's not a school. It's not a heebie-jeebie thing. It's very very obvious the connection. You do something right, your child learns from that. You do something wrong, your child learns from that, and that is the ultimate type of chinuch that we should always espouse to be and to do in the presence of our children. Have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos.